The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Rudolph Johnson III is our president and CEO, and Judith Winker is our board chair. Our mission here is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hope that today's episode, as well as every episode of Leadership Matters, offers a value-added and thought-provoking idea that can support advancing uh, our emerging and current leaders in our communities. I am excited today. This is probably my favorite show format to just be responding to questions from our listening audience. And with us today to help us engage in doing so, we have uh, fabulous Gia, who's going to be scanning for and reading your questions, or feel free to call in as well. Gia, you want to say hello to everyone? Yes, hello, everyone, and thank you for having me, Dr. White. Yeah, thank you. I always appreciate your support and in, in, um, looking for those questions and reading them on the air. Additionally, I'm superly excited to have Mr. Larry Gartner, retired Water Department Director from the City of San Diego with us. Larry, thank you so much for peeping out of retirement and coming in and and bringing your um, expertise to the table. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Cheryl. And uh, I just couldn't pass up the opportunity when I heard that Danelle was going to be on the program, too. (laughs) <laughs> Amen to that. I tell you, I I cannot be more excited to um, introduce next Dr. Danelle Scarborough, who was my, one of my former mentors and supervisors with the City of San Diego. Danelle is the Executive Director of the Human Relations Commission at the City of San Diego. Danelle, welcome to the conversation. Thank you, and I must return the compliment to uh, Larry Gardner. When I think about leadership and what a leader would do, I picture him. So uh, I'm pleased to join you for this conversation today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, and, and I echo that for both of you. I think you're, uh, we have two fabulous leaders that will be uh, supporting us in, in answering these questions today. Larry I have just the utmost admiration for you as well, and and I, too, think of you, and I think of fabulous, outstanding models of leadership. So, again, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So, Gia, let's just jump right. Oh, actually, before we jump right to it, I should let Larry and um, Danelle say a little bit about themselves. So, you guys want to share a little bit about yourselves? Go, Danelle. <laughs> I have been a student of leadership for quite some time. I did um, both academic work as well as as an internal consultant at the city uh, focused on leadership development. 
and so feel like um, from the literature as well as from um, coaching and um, sitting with and watching it as an internal consultant leaders um, that are great and some that aren't so much that I have a... Um, a perspective that I hope uh, sharing will be of benefit to other people. I'm right now um, practicing diversity, equity, and inclusion work in the community and um, finding uh, leadership opportunities there abound. So, um, yeah, internal, external, and academic <laughs> perspective Wonderful. here. Yeah, and I think your um, doctorate was actually in leadership. Was that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I remembered that. Okay, awesome. Again, uh, thank you so much, Danielle. And Larry, how about a little bit about yourself? Just a little bit. Um, I, I just, uh, I'm kind of uh, the guy who uh, can never keep a job. You know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've done a few things in my life, in my professional career, from being a grounds maintenance worker and kind of starting at the bottom in the city of San Diego, um, to working in prisons and, you know, being a, being a Vietnam veteran and, um, being an HR person and equal employment officer, labor relations manager, working with people, uh, in, you know, some very interesting, um, um, jobs where, and for the most part, um, people just look for opportunities to be treated fairly so they could really be all that they could possibly be. And um, so, you know, my, my experiences are, are pretty wide and varied, um, but um, I'm here to offer what I can. Awesome. Again, thank you for joining us, Larry. All right. Okay. So, Gia, let's turn back to you and see what you got for us from the listening audience. Okay. We have a question from Anne, and she's from Cincinnati, Ohio. She says, what are some ways to boost employee morale? Okay, boosting employee morale. Um, who'd like to start us off with some th- thoughts for Anne? Anne, thank you so much for your question. I don't mind jumping in. Um, a couple things come to mind immediately. One is saying thank you more often. Um, that is so simple and uh, doesn't cost anything. Takes doesn't take calendaring it. Uh, just takes remembering to look people in the eye and truly appreciate their work, uh, highlighting good stories about the way that your workforce is meeting its mission, so um, making sure that good stories get told is another way. And I think also, um, especially um, when you know longstanding problems exist and you've kind of ignored them, to... Um, Turn, address um, some long-standing problems so it makes it feel like people are heard and your expectation is that um, you work to make things better. So um, those are just three off the top of my head that I would say. How about you, Larry? Yeah, Uh, yeah, four powerful ones there. That's a great great list. You know, I I, um, think that the single most important thing in my experience has been to to really ensure that the employee or the employees that you work with know that you are listening to what their issues are. Uh, a listening ear, first of all, and then action being taken on what you're hearing and what you're seeing um, 
um, after that is so important. So listening to what the issues are and taking action on those things that you can as soon as you possibly can. And that um, really kind of starts that motivation that, oh, there may be some change afoot or, you know, the, the, the seas are changing for us maybe in the workplace. Um, so I, I really emphasize that. And then recognition, as Danelle said, saying thank you or letting the person know they've done a great job costs very little um, except a few minutes of your time. And when that's coming from a person that works for you, I mean a person uh, that, that, that you're working with, because I, I like to keep it, we work together. Everybody's got a role, but ultimately we work together. It's so important for people to hear that recognition. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love um, both of those uh, fabulous responses. And thank you again for your question. And Larry and Danielle, thank you for your responses. Gia, you have another question for us. Yes. This question is from Scott, and he's from Nashville, Tennessee. He says, how do you help shift the culture of an organization as a new employee in a leadership capacity? Thank well, you, Scott. I'll, I'll, I'll start that one, uh, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my experiences was going uh, to work in the water department in the city of San Diego. I worked there for 10 years before I retired. But when I first went in, the only thing I really knew about water and what people did uh, was I expected when I turned the tap on, water came out, when I flushed the, flushed the toilet, that it flushed. And that was basically about it. But one of the things that I knew when I went into the water department was that basically I knew nothing. I was the empty vessel, and I needed to really learn from people what their roles were in the organization. And until I could understand where all the cogs fit, I really wasn't going to have a great appreciation uh, for uh, exactly what each person contributed to that organization's success or the organization's failure. And so I would just encourage, uh, particularly those folks that are coming in at, at upper-level positions and organizations um, and you don't really have experience in that particular area, spend some time with the people, listen to what their issues are, go out and see what's actually being done, spend some time in the workforce, and make sure that people know once again that you care about and you're interested in the role that everybody plays. Wonderful. Thank you, Larry. Uh, Danielle, anything you'd like to add? Probably a little bit um, from a internal consultant perspective that um, if I was a consultant to a new leader coming in wanting to make that kind of culture shift, I would ask you to first pull out uh, the vision and mission and values and see if those still have any meaning. Um, a lot of times organizations have those somewhere on the shelf or somewhere dusty on the walls, and there is a a huge gap between the current culture and the vision, mission, values. You can take a look and see, do those need um, reinvigoration or a whole new um, interactive process that that sets that again? So... um, starting with vision, mission, values, and how are they supporting or detracting from the culture. Um, I would also encourage a new leader to think about, and there's a great book called The First 100 Days, um, 
sometimes an assessment that you can hone in on what parts of culture are working for you and not if you are looking at, say, the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats, you'll, and this just for yourself, you don't, it doesn't have to be a paid consultant-led process, but you're doing your own assessment of what are some of the root issues, root causes of driving the culture that you're um, wanting to change and then being really clear about what you want and seeing what kinds of resources, whether those are employee groups that exist or spark plugs that you have or other resources in the organization that you can tap um, to help you close the gap between where you want to go and where you see your culture is right now. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, uh, both Larry and Danielle. Scott, I would add uh, to um, the uh, great pieces that um, both Larry and Danielle have shared with you. Um, I love the do nothing for a while with regards to let the doing be observing. And after the careful observation and the um, consideration with regards to that strategic alignment that Danielle talked about regarding mission, vision, and values to really think what does the culture need to look like. And it sounds like we need to go to break. When we come back, um, Scott, I'm going to just share just a little bit more before we go to our next question. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm Cheryl White, and I am delighted to have Larry Gardner, retired Water Department Director with the City of San Diego, and Dr. Danielle Scarborough, Executive Director of the City of San Diego Human Relations Commission on today, supporting us in answering your questions, so keep them coming. I know before we went to break, uh, Scott, we were responding to your question regarding you know, how do you help shift the culture of the organization when you're kind of a new employee in a, in a um, leadership capacity? And Larry and uh, Danielle both started us off with some really good advice as relates to just, you know, spending some time with the people and coming in and, and um, letting them know that you are interested and that you care and, and just kind of getting in tune. And Danielle followed up talking a little bit about making sure that strategic alignment's in place as far as mission, vision, and values. And um, I would add to that, um, Scott, to just be mindful of a piece that kind of goes along with that is, you know, how do you, how does the culture really need to be? What do you want to have present in that culture for you to spend some time thinking about in order for the strategies that you're going to put in place, um, to work, how do the people need to um, engage? What again? What needs to be in that culture, and then hold yourself accountable for modeling what you want to see in the culture. We always say the culture becomes over a period of time what's being modeled, supported, and rewarded. And I love one of Gandhi's um, sayings with regards to be the change you wish to see. So if there's a change you want to see, what might you model? And modeling meaning what do you need to say and do as the leader of that change initiative, and then support, you know, making sure that if you want great customer service or if you want people being able to communicate or if you want people being able to be collaborative, that you um, coach them in developing those skills or provide the trainings if they need training, and that there's something in the performance evaluations that says this is important so that supervisors are looping back and having conversations on an ongoing basis about those things that you think are important elements in that culture, and then reward it. People automatically do that which there's some benefit from. We are, we are what we call psyches. Psyches are intentional beings. When intentional beings come together, they create intentional worlds, and that intentional world is what we call a culture. So... If we create a benefit for something, people will do it. And, you know, sometimes people are intrinsically rewarded, but sometimes in order to get something started, if I want exceptional customer service, I might create a exceptional customer service reward. So what do I want to be intentional about um, creating some incentive to have happen? So um, just some thoughts, Scott, that you might think about with regards to um, creating that culture shift. What might you yourself model 
support, and reward very intentionally to bring about that desired culture. Thanks again for your question. Um, let me just circle back because it's been a little while. Larry and Danelle, anything you want to add before we move from Scott's question? I think I'd just simply add to that simply um, a little little phrase, and that is you can expect what you inspect. Ah. Um, expectations can be, you know, really wide and broad, but you have to follow up and follow through and inspect and make sure that people know that you're following up on what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Gia, next question from our listening audience. Yes. James from San Francisco, California says, how do you communicate an essential need for more resources with a limited budget and support? Wonderful. Larry, you'd like to start us off on that. Thank you, James, yeah. for your question. Yeah, that, that's a, uh, and always a common question, particularly in the public sector, uh, where there's always, there always seems to be a shortage of resources uh, for various reasons. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is that you got to have your facts lined up, uh, and you got to go in and you got to say exactly what it is that's on your mind. What do you need? You got to make it simple and straightforward, and you have to show the pros and cons. Either you get funding or these positions to perform certain tasks, functions, etc., or here's the downside. And usually in the public sector, um, it may take a while, like hitting a brick wall sometimes, but you keep chipping away at it. And either the people in the community will say, what is the problem with the potholes or what's the problem with the water mains breaking or you know, what's going on in terms of services that we provided people with regard to environmental services, or there comes a time when um, there are enough politicians and stars aligned that you're all thinking forward enough uh, to be able to be on the same page, and you actually can get somebody to get some taxes. to give you some budgeting. Great. Thank you, Larry. Danielle, anything you'd add? I think so. I um, And thinking about the people that I've seen be successful in asking and receiving additional resources, I think there are people who have delivered first. Um, so I would say um, you can't come from a place of whining that you're not able to get the job done, um, but that you have been delivering um, and delivering with strength uh, and clarity, and then uh, linking what the resources that you're requesting to either your strategic plan or your work plan, and the um, as you prioritize what you are able to get done with the resources you have and with additional what might be possible. So um, I think being the kind of person that has a reputation of delivering on your um, your work product and then making the case for what specifically um, would be the outcomes of the additional investments and then doing some of the hall walking ahead of time to find out what potentially might be the obstacles, the no's, the rationales, prepare for those. Um, 
so it you know make it a project management kind of uh, um, that you're. It's not just a hey, I need to uh, submit a budget increase as part of the annual budget process, but you've made a strategic um, plan strategy to um, make the case and sway people over uh, that this is the right thing to invest in. Wonderful. Thank you, Danelle, and thank you, uh, Larry. Um, You know, my uh, thought comes to mind, um, James, is, um, you know, and then sometimes we communicate and communicate, and as Larry says, we can be simple, straightforward, show the pros and the cons, and it may take some time looping back and and um, before you can get to yes, and in the meantime, um, delivering as Danelle is saying, but then also right-sizing expectations. So if I have um, limitations, you know, kind of communicating uh, and trying to do as um, Danelle was talking about with regards to what, given the resources we do have, what are the what are the options for prioritizing and making sure that the prior that we're prioritizing in the order of those whom you know obviously we're having to um, deliver for. But you know sometimes if there's not any there's not more resources, then how do I use what we have um, most wisely? And um, in a way that's not going to kill yourself and kill others and have a lot of dissatisfaction because we haven't right-sized the expectations. And so, you know, how do we right-size expectations for the budgets, uh, I should say, for the resources that we have when they're limited? It's just another thought that comes to mind, and I'd say um, consider that. You know, consider right-sizing the expectations to what you, what you got to work with. Okay, and that may be, you know, shifting hours and so on and so forth. Again, James, thank you so much uh, for your question. Danelle, Larry, any um, last-minute thoughts or additional thoughts given the conversation? Anything else come to mind for James? All right. Yeah. Okay. Then let's uh, move to the next question. Jill, you got another question for us? Yes. This question is from Simone from New York City. She says, what are some ways to position oneself for career advancement within an organization and external to the organization? Okay. Danielle, would you start us off with this one? Sure. I have the privilege of working with some of the high-potential people in my organization, and uh, we had our chief operating officer come in and uh, talk to this very question recently, and I was reminded, I'd heard it before, but I think some of the people in the room were surprised to hear you are being watched all the time. You have the, you are developing your leadership brand. You are already in the process of interviewing for your next position now. So in an organization, people are aware of those folks who respond to challenges with can-do, will-do, problem-solving. Um, they're not the people that shift the monkey onto their bosses when they come in with a, a situation to be solved. Um, so know that you are developing your leadership brand now and you are being watched now. In addition, I would say uh, raise your hand then for the kinds of trainings that available, whether it's the management and leadership development programs, um, 
volunteer for organization-wide committees and task forces and tiger teams. Uh, your visibility to um, both peers and to other of the executives that are stakeholders in those projects um, increases your visibility. Uh, another thing that I would add, um, we I frequently put out opportunities for um, special projects or development. Some people I don't hear from um, be the kind of person that responds and says, thank you for including me in this opportunity. I can't right now because of blah, 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 but I'd like to stay on your list. Those people I'll remember. The people I don't hear from but then whine that they're not getting opportunities for uh, further development, I'm thinking, mm-hmm, you've got to stay in conversation and in relationship with uh, people that can help you. I would also add the um, literature that you read outside of work. Um, are you checking in on the Harvard Business Review and keeping track of the trends? Are you um, taking the opportunity to use your um, reimbursement funds to go take a conference and training. So anyway, I'll, I'll be quiet because I could get on a roll about. I, I um, love the role. And, <laughs> yeah, I love the role. We'll take we'll put yeah. a comma there. But if you have some more thoughts you want to share with uh, Matthew, I just say uh, um, on this Simone. question. Thank you, yeah. Simone. Thank you on this yeah. question. Then um, we will uh, look forward to hearing hearing those. And I think Matthew, we have your question in the queue next. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, Danielle, I know you are on a roll giving some fabulous uh, tidbits to Simone with regards to ways that one can position themselves for career advancement, either inside their organization or external to the organization. Danielle, anything else you wanted to add? I have thought of one more thing, and that is um, I'm going to draw on the Sheryl Sandberg book and say lean in that um, I find as a woman, sometimes I hold back and don't move up to that seat at the table when it is available. It has my name on it. I have something to say. And so I would add to um, it is not only external that people will be giving you a hand and mentoring and providing training and encouraging you, but it's also from within that um, step up and take that seat at the table. Wonderful. Thank you, Danelle. Larry, anything you'd like to add? I just, uh, just a couple of things. One is just to dovetail on what Danelle just finished with. And once you get that seat at the table, don't forget, it's so important that you express yourself. I mean, the, the thing that happens with so many people is once they at least get the nerve to take that seat at the table, they then start to think, well, perhaps now that I'm at the table, I won't, you know, um, I won't take up too much time uh, because I'm still in the process of, of moving along. Your thoughts and, and your suggestions are critically important, and you gotta, you gotta put them out there. The other thing is that every every day uh, when a person comes to work, they are preparing themselves uh, for you know, that next promotion or the next transfer or the next opportunity that might present themselves uh, to that person. And so it's so important, every single thing that you do, to make sure that you're, you're, you're keeping in mind that, yep, we are being watched, you're being watched, and you're being judged by how you deal with issues as they're presented to you. And it's, um, it's not always fair. It's pretty tough out there sometimes. So you have to pull on your grit sometimes to, you know, withstand and to weather the storms. Wonderful. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate that. And thank you again, Simone, for your question. Uh, Gee, I think you have Matthew in the queue next. That's correct. Matthew from Phoenix, Arizona says, how do you balance getting everything done without feeling overloaded and overwhelmed? Mm, Larry, you're going to start us off with that. Yes, I'd be happy to. And this is this I'm offering. You don't have to send in any money or anything to <laughs> the suggestion. <laughs> but the way you, the way you well, do Well, hold on before you is, start. Let me get my pen so I can take some notes on that one. <laughs> there you go. The way you, the way you deal with this is to recognize that you're a human being. And oh. as a matter of fact, you're going to feel overwhelmed, overworked, stressed, 
at different points and times in your career. But you know what? That's just all part of it. Um, you know, the grass looks greener many times on the other side of the old corral, but once you get over there, you know, the grass doesn't taste quite as sweet. might be greener, but it's not quite as sweet. So know that if you're working and you're, you're, you're doing what you should be doing, which is giving your job your all, when you're working, you should be giving it your all. When you're through working, you should be giving your family and your your life your all. So that makes it a little bit easier for you to suck up and deal with the stresses and the strains um, because, you know, you got a life after work also. But yeah. you can always be stressed, always be strained, and don't think that you are less of a manager because you feel those kinds of pressures. As a matter of fact, you're probably not managing or anything. If you if you don't have a little stress involved. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Larry. Danielle, well, anything you'd like to add? <laughs> you know, my first response was drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> my that's been my personal. And there's two parts of that, though. One is um, when I um, feel my anxiety level rising so that I'm not very effective in responding to an employee or an email. I do, um, it's beyond just taking a deep breath. It, I, we have a coffee shop very close, and I leave the building and get a fresh air and breathe and walk for a minute and get a cup of coffee and come back, and I am... Um, more conscious, more mindful, um, more kind when I walk back in the door from doing that. So a little break to breathe. Um, I do find that um, shortcuts, um, when I used to have the time to uh, do respectful and full emails, and now just responding with a positive upbeat answer just get that, um, say that it's on your radar, and then the things that you spend time are the ones that are uh, flashing red or that are um, your strategic issues. But the, I guess my most uh, go-to uh, resource is uh, taking a deep breath and walking to get a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. I think, Matthew, I've had... Um, I was playing with Larry, but I know that has been a, a really important piece for myself and my own health. So we think about feeling overwhelmed <clears throat> and overloaded. A lot of the health things kind of come to mind uh, to me, and one is um, high blood pressure <laughs> and all the other things that go along uh, with with that, not managing um, not managing things well. And so I I know for myself, I am thankful that I've been off my high blood pressure medication for about uh, four or five months now, and uh, a lot of that was, um, one, uh, diet, making sure that I made it a priority with regards to getting what I need um, so that I'm eating healthier. Um, uh, so an anti-inflammatory diet was probably a part of that big trick for me, and the other that went along with the breathing that Danelle talked about was kind of getting away and exercising, being that walking or, or um, something else, and then keeping it all in perspective and having some boundaries. You know, my doctor told me at an absolute minimum, of course this is an optimal, but at an absolute minimum I need to get six hours of sleep. And so, you know, I've got to figure out and hold as a high value 
wins enough enough, like Larry said, we're human, and we have to honor um, the fact that we need to to um, take care of ourselves so that then we're positioned to be able to continue to do for others and take care of others. And so I think putting it all in perspective, but also identifying what are our personal boundaries and making sure that we honor those for ourselves becomes real important to simply staying healthy to then being able to keep on keeping on. So, Matthew, thank you so much uh, for your question. Uh, Larry or Danelle, any final thoughts to Matthew? No, not for me. Okay. I just want to compliment you, Dr. White, Dr. Cheryl White, on the um, investment in yourself that you just made and the authenticity of uh, sharing what you just did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that, Danielle. Uh, Dia, any additional questions? Yes, we have a question from Natasha, and she's actually from here, San Diego, California. All right. She says, what are some tips for gaining visibility and letting my accomplishments be known so that I can create more opportunities for myself? Okay, great. Larry, you want to start us off on that? It kind of dovetails with, I think it was Simone's question a little bit. Sure. Thanks, Natasha. Um, I think... I think one of the um, one of the most difficult things for most folks to, to 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 embrace is promoting themselves, um, talking about yourself, and 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 that not being becoming some kind of egotistical issue. But as a matter of fact, you got to market yourself. You got to talk to people about what your interests are, or people just won't know that. There are not many folks walking around with a very effective crystal ball, at least. Or some people walk around with crystal balls, but what they get back from it sometimes is not too good. But you, you, you got to put out there what exactly it is that you want to accomplish for yourself, um, for yourself in the workplace. And when people start to recognize that that's the direction you're moving in, um, then I think you've done a pretty effective job of marketing for yourself. Opportunities within your organization or outside of your organization, um, they really abound. And uh, it's just a matter of speaking up and, once again, saying, here's where my interests are, here's what I'd like to do, um, give me an opportunity and let's see what happens. Great. Thank you. Danelle, anything you'd like to add? I kind of went a different direction um, some of the people that I am watching who are eager to promote in the organization and when they are focused most on getting the credit and getting the visibility, that actually gives me pause for concern. So um, I, I want to support the um, intention of being visible and being seen for a high, being a high potential person, but I want to caution that um, when I see people craving that, needing that, I uh, I don't see a a confident um, know they can deliver, uh, believe that their work will speak for itself. So um, I very much support speaking up. I want to add, um, sometimes that's a red flag for me when uh, a person craves 
credit and visibility, and it's about them and not about the work that we're doing. Um, so that would be what I would add. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Danelle and Larry, both. And Natasha, thank you so much for your question. Uh, Gia, we have another question from our listening audience. Yes, we have a question from Elizabeth from Houston, Texas. She says, how do you help others see your value as a leader when you and your director's values are not aligned? Mm. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth, for that question. Uh, Danelle, you'd like to start us off? Yeah, let me kind of build on uh, what I started a moment ago. That I see leaders... Um, when there's credit to go around, passing along the credit, and when there's blame or accountability, um, take away the blame, more accountability, I see leaders shouldering that. So um, I want to come back to um, when you say not aligned with your bosses, um, sometimes there is something to be learned from that out of alignment um, what if they are adding value, what you could learn from, um, take in and um, not fight against or work against a boss. Sometimes bosses are just really poor at their managerial and leadership skills, and so not being aligned with your boss is a, is a is an okay thing. Um, so self-reflection, I guess, is the, the first piece, and uh, learning from acknowledging value in, even if you disagree, um, with a, a boss, uh, supervisor um, situation that you have. Okay, so now I'm going to uh, yeah. actually have you just put a comma right there. Yep. We, when we come back, I'm going to have you um, continue your thoughts for Elizabeth, and Larry will let you join, and we'll okay. see you if we have other questions in the queue. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 or send an email to dr white her email address is dr white at innovisions.org innovisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series on Industry Cloud Trends. Join us to learn about the next wave of industry-specific solutions moving into the cloud. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, Danielle was responding to Elizabeth about, uh, I think, um, how do you help others kind of see your values if your leader and you have values that aren't in alignment. So, Danielle, I'll let you kind of continue your thoughts on that. Sure. I'll, um, a couple more points and then uh, wrap up. I had mentioned earlier in the program that you're being watched all the time in terms of the career advancement question, and I would apply that to this dilemma as well, that the professionalism that you bring to um, continuing to deliver your best on the parts of that you're uh, responsible for, the professionalism you bring to the situation, uh, others will see. Um, we've all been in situations where our boss is not our preferred boss and the way we handle it is um, as part of our growth, as part of our um, developing our professionalism. Uh, I would add, final point, um, make sure your t- team members, the employees that report to you, don't need to say the same thing as they, um, that when you... Um, Look at the people that report to you that you're letting their value shine, uh, even if you're not in alignment with them, that um, you're professional upward and that you are mindful of this dilemma as you look at the people that report to you on your team. Awesome. Thank you, Danielle. Larry, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I just would add that uh, you're taking a long look in the mirror, uh, as Danielle pointed out just, just then, is really important. Uh, with regard to uh, what your expectations are coming from the person that you report to, um, you know, as Danelle would say, you know, you gotta you gotta walk the talk, not just talk the talk, but you gotta walk the walk also. And I want to go back to um, uh, one of the comments that Danelle made earlier, and that was about folks who crave attention or who crave um, um, being known as the the, the go to person and those kinds of I worry about those people also. And and so I'm on the same page as, as you are. I mean lighting your light and making people aware of the fact that you you're capable of performing um certain functions is different for me than really craving it. That lust for for uh, personal recognition is a very, very undermining uh factor in the workplace. Um so that's all I have to add. All right. Well, thank you, Larry. And, Elizabeth, thank you for your question. I know that's a challenging space for someone to be in, so appreciate your raising the concern. Uh, Gia, next question from our listening audience. 
Yes, Kim from Atlanta, Georgia says, how do you effectively work with others who can be a bit abrasive in their verbal and nonverbal communication? Okay, Larry, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I've had a few experiences <laughs> with folks that way. Um, and, um, I, I, you know, it, it has to do with how comfortable you feel yourself. Um, for me, I guess I was just always a person who, uh, when the opportunity presented itself for me to have that seat at the table uh, and to speak up and to say things, um, I don't know. I just um, I always thought about when I was a grounds maintenance worker and somebody was um, really being rude or not very professional where I was concerned simply because of my station or my position in the organization. And I always kind of carried that with me to make sure that I never was that ugly person in the mirror that, that, that really, really acted that way. But at the same time, the, I, I let people know that I would confront their issues. If they were being rude, I'd tell them they were rude. And so everybody's not capable of that or everybody does not part of their personalities. But I think the sooner you can get things out with regard to what the parameters are of treatment overall in the workplace, uh, if you expect people to be treated with dignity and respect in the workplace, then it's got to be certainly something that exists between you and the people that you are interacting with yourself. And if you're being rude, you need to change. If the other folks are being rude, they need to change because you can certainly get to consensus and team building and making decisions and working together much quicker um, if you have some basic foundation of treatment that is built on respect. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. And uh, even Mary. the rudest person that I've come in contact with knows when you say to them, you know, that was really rude, they know it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think of abrasive in so many different ways. Sometimes I think of abrasive as just someone who's maybe uh, too direct. And um, mm-hmm. I think there's different levels of abrasiveness. And um, there are people who who others perceive to be rude, and they don't perceive themselves to be rude. So I also think that sometimes very kindly um, informing someone that others view them as being abrasive and having a conversation so that it helps them kind of take a look at maybe the need to um, wrap their words in a little bit more context, maybe not be so short in how they deliver a message or use more courtesy role, you know, courtesy words like, you know, please and thank you. Um, that can help soften their um, language can sometimes uh, go a long way. So I think sometimes it really may be that you do have that person who, who has a blind side in knowing that that's how they're being perceived. Uh, Danelle, anything you'd like to add? I've been thinking about, I appreciate uh, each of your contributions and kind of hear it uh, as it also depends on the role that you have vis-a-vis the person who's abrasive. If you are a peer, I think these um, being authentic and um, being um, respectful in communicating directly, I, I think if you're a supervisor of a person like this, you have an obligation, I want to say, in a customer service standards kind of way, 
um, to address the situation. Um, the person, you know, we talk these days a lot about emotional intelligence, and Cheryl, I think you were um, noting that when that might be a blind spot, that might not be a strength, it might be a cultural difference, it might just be plain rude, that as a peer, you have one obligation as a supervisor. Um, this sets, we can go back to the very first question, this sets culture. If you let um, a person like this um, continue both to other employees and especially to customers. Right. No, absolutely. Definitely have, have yeah. something that has to be addressed. And yeah. we are so out of time, but Danelle and... Um, Larry, thank you so much both for joining us. And Kim, thank you for that great question. And I want to remind you that we are on the air live with this particular format every first Wednesday of the month. So please join us every Wednesday, but definitely come back and give us those questions on the first Wednesday of every month. Love to hear from you. And you can call in, email in, and we'll just do as we did today and have fabulous guests to uh, join us in creating some uh, space for reflection and dialogue on ways that we can be more effective as leaders. So, again, thank you, and please join us each Wednesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.